All right, everybody. Today on Tyler Geis's Basement, I have a filmmaker by the name of Robert Bruce Carter, who has a film that just came out recently, The Exquisite Meal. Uh, I really, well, first of all, man, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing good. Doing great. Thanks for having me. No, th- thanks for thanks for saying yes and coming on. The Exquisite Meal was, I went in, I mean, a lot of these films, when I get out, like screeners through uh, PR people and whatnot, which is how you and me linked up here. I, I go in blind and I definitely went in like blind completely. Like usually I do a little research and whatnot on what I'm going into. Mm-hmm. And I went in blind to this and I'm glad I went in blind because <laughs> this was like a 60 minute roller coaster of, a. I think I wrote it down here in my notes, like millennial dinner party, hell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like uh, just real quick, you know, off the bat, you know, just what's kind of the elevator pitch on this movie or like, what's the quick synopsis just for the audience? Um, yeah. So the pitch is like a couple hosts their friends over a millennial couple hosts their friends for a dinner party. Uh, it starts out fairly normal. They're sort of uh, playing, you know, status games with each other and trying to impress one another. And then as the night unfolds, uh, strange things start happening. Uninvited guests start showing up and then, uh, and then something like really weird uh, sort of shocking stuff starts to happen. And over the course of the movie, like it's basically a dinner party plays out and like slowly devolves into sort of a surreal, uh, I guess, absurd madness, I, I would say. I think that's the best way of like doing it without spoiling anything. Yeah, no, that sounds that sounds about right. Without, I, We won't go too far into spoiler territory because i think there are some things maybe we should leave for the audience but but just a little just to kind of kick things off here before we get into the film um i just kind of want to know about you and have the audience know a little bit a little bit about you and kind of the go-to question that i've been running with lately and it's kind of inspired off of a previous episode we've done on the show uh, that i've done talking to another filmmaker friend of mine we talk about you know films or just stuff we've seen that like made us say like oh i want to do that yeah um so what made you say i want to do that uh that's a good question i think i had a moment i i feel like the the early part of my life was like a series of moments where i should have said that and like i never said it because i didn't think uh that was like a thing i could do like i mean i remember growing up as a kid like i was really like monty python that was like sort of the first like comedy that i got into um, as a kid and then the state on MTV I don't know if you ever have seen that show but um I vaguely it, remember it <laughs> it was like I remember watching as like a 13 year old and just being like oh my god like I didn't know you could do such strange absurd things in a sketch or in comedy or whatever and I just, I just thought it was like the most brilliant thing ever um and I but I didn't actually start doing any kind of comedy stuff outside of like being the class clown until I was in my twenties. I was in Baltimore. I was sort of like out of job. Nothing in my life was really going well at that moment. And um, I took an improv class and after like six weeks of that, I was like, okay, this is like comedy is like what I've been supposed to be doing. (laughs) Like basically uh, most of my life or whatever. Um, And that was like when I, sort of like threw myself into it and writing and, and acting and all that stuff. Interesting. So like most people come on here and like they, uh-huh. 
name off like movies they've seen and like you you're kind of my first guest ever that really has background in like improv comedy and like i mean it looks like you took a nod from like maybe some even like sketch com i don't know sketch would i would you say sketch comedy or i don't know what you'd call like monty python like yeah, sure I guess they were sketch uh, comedy early on but they uh yeah they had a sketch show and i mean even their movies are like yeah they're vignettes of sketches of, yeah yeah um I actually know because that's interesting to say that because like I I mean I always liked movies as a kid but I never I never thought like oh I should make a movie um and it really wasn't until like I was in my 20s and even like early 30s when I like got serious about watching movies and I was like okay if I'm gonna like try and make stuff I need to like have that education and that's when I started watching like you know classics from the 20th century and like going down sort of rabbit holes and you know watching art house stuff and being like oh okay like this is a this is what you can do outside of just the like you know i don't know whatever christopher nolan's doing at the time you know <laughs> you mentioned you're from baltimore like and there was there I, again i just I, I was doing a little research from you it said i said it said you were from baltimore but also i saw chicago and barcelona did you spend time out there or something yeah, I uh, so I grew up in in suburban Maryland, uh, outside of Baltimore near DC, also, and that's like you know where I went to high school and I had sort of like typical suburban American upbringing, and then uh, I went to college in Maryland, and then I lived in Baltimore City for four years after college, and then that's when I like started getting improv and decided to move to Chicago. And then I moved to Chicago in 2008, 2009, and was there for like 10 years, I guess. Yeah, basically 10 or 11 years. Um, went to Barcelona for a little while, and then now I'm, I'm in L.A. I moved to L.A. this summer. So grew up, in, grew up in Baltimore, but like my formative like creative years were really in Chicago. Was it uh, like going to L.A. that? what was it that drew you about going to LA? I mean, I can make my assumptions based off of what you already told me, but. Uh. Uh, yeah. So the thing about Chicago is like, it's an awesome place to go to learn um, how to do, I don't know what I would call like dramatic arts, like theater, improv, mm -hmm. movie making, um, because <clears throat> the community is really good there. There's like a really rich theater scene. So like there's a ton of people doing theater there. Um, I don't know post pandemic how it's going to shake out, but like, when I went there, it was like IO Second City Annoyance, where these like comedy institutions that like you know have produced you know comic actors in the last like fifty years, like you know all the household names or whatever, uh, tend to go through there. So like you had this like influx of like young people going there. It's like kind of like comedy grad school, and then like you know you just like you were doing shows or writing shows or rehearsing and like hanging out talking about comedy for like. You know, it would just be like all you did basically, except for like, you know, making a living somehow during the day. And then, but what happens is that like, because there's no real like industry there, there's no like, yeah, you know, like big movies and stuff. Uh, people tend to either drop out and like, they're like, okay, I'm going to uh, be a lawyer or like a, you know, a physical, physical therapist or, you know, like change careers or they go to New York or LA. So I got to a point where it was like all my friends had moved to New York or LA or had plans to, and like, it's just hard to like make a living in creative arts there, but it's a great place to learn. Interesting.
so would you say like i'm I'm just again i'm just going off your website i'm sorry i got it right here behind me but um oh, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, it, it mentions like you're you are kind of into like dark comedy films and whatnot mm-hmm. and like are you that is that like an inspiration for you because i definitely i guess i'm kind of using this question also as like a segue into your film but uh would you is that kind of something you lean towards because I, I i've always personally been a fan of laughing at things maybe i shouldn't laugh at in a movie or laughing at existential dread or something like i i don't know if that's something that's kind of your forte yeah i also uh, i also find existential dread to be funny it's <laughs> a weird thing to say uh yeah definitely i mean it's not um it's not like i also like really dumb playful stuff uh like i don't know like wet hot american summer i think is like very oh. funny <laughs> just like not a dark show or movie at all uh but it just cracks me up um yeah i think definitely like um uh i'm a big fan of like like uh currently like yorgos lanthimos is like an example of like i think he does like really dark stuff maybe some people wouldn't even call it comedy i i find it to be quite funny um certainly like uh, Louis Bunuel is an influence of mine and um yeah I yeah I think uh I think when you can pull off like really dark stuff um it's really it's really fun definitely and I think you pulled off I I, I gotta say like this movie I love film all right now I'm transitioning into an exquisite the exquisite meal um your film and I gotta say I love movies that when they start i'm in one place and when they end i'm in a place i didn't think i was gonna be like because you know th- there's movies with the formula of your three-act structure of your typical hero story and whatnot but i love it when i'm once the credits roll i didn't think i would be there yeah. and i i feel like i kind of got that feeling from your film um so just to kind of go back to the beginning like what mm-hmm what was like a light bulb moment? Like the, the, the big creative impulse, like, ah, I got it. Like, how did you kind of put the pieces together to think of this plot, this, this plot line, the, the, the story basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I started with, um, I think the original idea was um, to have like, I wanted to do a story based on like a character who like, like a normal person who like pretends to be, like puts on a French accent, pretends to be French, like a French professor, like goes to a party kind of thing, maybe for Halloween or something. And everyone like finds it more interesting. Like women find it more attractive and like people like start li- like, you know, listen to his like bullshit theories or whatever, like, like sort of hang on his every word. And he's like, wow, like I'm really just like more interesting as this, as this guy just by like, you know, putting on a blazer and having an accent. Um, and I was like, what can I do with that? That's not like, like there's probably a, a whole movie like that, which is sort of like a classic, like, I mean, you can almost see like a Jim Carrey movie, like, you know, with the exact structure playing out in that way. And in the end he learns like, just be yourself. It's like the moral. Um, but I didn't want to do that. And then I had been reading uh, this, this uh, writer online. Uh, it's called the, the last psychiatrist. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he wrote like, uh, a lot about like narcissism and identity and, and like some really kind of like dark stuff in America, but it was, it, was, it was just like super illuminating. So that's where I sort of got the idea of like, okay, what if we just sort of like take a party of people where like nobody is 
who they say they are. And like, we sort of, in a heightened way, expose like, okay, these are like, you know, they have these images of themselves as they want to be seen. And then, you know, what happens if those things start to like fall apart and, and, and um, unravel and, um, which I, I think it's like a very common thing with, with people in real life too, exactly. I mean, like, I'm sure you've met people where, uh, you know, they're pretending to be something that they're not. And sometimes it blows up pretty badly. And I feel like a lot of that's exposed at a dinner party. Like, so it's a perfect setting because how many times have you met somebody at like a friend's dinner? I mean, I personally don't go to dinner parties. Like, I don't know if it's just like me and my wife don't have a lot of friends anymore, but like, I just feel like so much social anxiety. I'd rather go to a, a I'd rather be 17 and go to a kegger in the middle of the woods honestly, which I didn't even enjoy those that much either at the time, then go to a like eight person dinner party and meet someone for the first time. And I can kind of tell when they're bullshit. Like, I feel like you like that someone for the first time, you're, Oh, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I just, you know, got my doctorate at such and and it's like, you know, they, Mm -hmm. they haven't done anything like that, but, um, yeah. So I think it's a perfect setting for just kind of meeting the worst of the worst or, something like that but but um one word that's been said about this movie a few times and even in initial emails i was having and getting about the movie is that it's very uh genre bending and there's like a few different kind of different genres woven in and out of it uh what's your what's your take on that yeah um i I mean, I like genre a lot. I mean, uh, like I like the sort of thriller genre a lot. I like, I love Westerns. Um, I think the challenge with this movie and maybe with just like what I like to do is that uh, I don't always like to stick exactly to the sort of like uh, genre rules um, like 100%. Um, So I, I think there definitely is like, I don't know, like I called it comedy thriller, but like, I think probably diehard thriller fans are going to be like, this is not really like a classic thriller. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Uh, there's also elements of Western in it, uh, at least in the music. I mean, I see it as sort of like a Western. I, I see like, it's broken up into chapters and like, I really sort of designed every chapter to be its own sort of genre in a way. Not, not like, not like full on, but there's definitely like elements that I think in everyone. Um, like I think the second chapter, there's no music. So it's sort of more like a mockumentary kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then like the final one is like more Western, but um, let me tell you, it makes it really hard to, to, to pitch the movie and market it. <laughs> it's like a bunch of different things. Cause like, I feel like audiences are mostly like, I want horror, I want genre, or I want, you know, if they, you know, if they want some fancy art house thing, it's like that has like its whole like, you know, other set of like sort of genre rules that this movie has like something has some elements of that, but not, you know, like not quite. So that, that that's where that, that phrase comes from. Yeah, this definitely feels like a movie uh, that I that's one of the first things that went through my head. Like, this, how did he pitch this thing? Like, how, how did you pitch this thing? You don't have to tell me to who, but like, how did you yeah, kind yeah. Of break this down and pitch it? Well, that's the thing. I didn't really have to pitch it because nice. I, I funded it mostly with my own money. Um, I had some family investment and stuff like that. And they were not asking 
hardball questions about target markets and genre and stuff like that. So <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, whatever. Uh, so yeah, but I mean, I, I'm trying like, I know that if I had to pitch this to somebody who's just uh, an indie film investor and I was trying to get a million dollars from them or something, uh, those questions would have come up and they probably would have like not been happy with my answer. Like they probably would have been like, well, can we rewrite it to, you know, make it more of like, you know, sort of more of like a standard genre kind of thing. Cause that's what sells. And then we'll have this kind of poster and da da da. Um, so yeah, but I don't know. That's a nice thing about like when you, you know, when you control the money, you can, you can do whatever you want. So. This is just me speaking, uh, filmmaker to filmmaker um like when you were it's okay if it's just a point blank no but um when you were either writing it or even on set shooting it or just trying to capture whatever you could capture at any stage of the process especially with you know being a fan of multiple genres like you know me myself also uh was there like anything you were kind of like pulling from from other things you've watched or other things you've read and whatnot or mm-hmm um yeah i think um there's a few things like um i mean i mean there's definitely like shots or 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 like bits that i think are probably lifted from other films i don't remember all of them now but like i wanted to i like first of all i wanted to be like playful because yeah it is like dealing with some serious ideas but like i also don't take myself seriously and uh, I don't know. Like I, I, like it's a silly, it's a silly movie in a lot of ways. And like I wanted to like sort of have a little bit of that whatever wet hot American summer like vibe to it. I know <laughs> maybe that's like not a good comp for this movie, but like I don't know. If there's certain like visual jokes and things where we zoom in on certain things that like maybe feels more like an Arrested Development episode or something like that, um, which is like my way of saying like yeah, this is like this is like fun, you know, or like there's a, there's like a, a silly play on like a Michael Bay, like a Bayham shot, which is like purposely ridiculous and amateurish. Uh, but it's like, you know, poking fun at that sort of like, that like sort of style. Um, but I, I don't know. I think I also borrowed a lot from like, from like Luis Bunuel or like, at least like spiritually and like the idea of like, it's absurd. People are like making these declarative statements that are often absurd. And like part of it is serious, but a part of it is also like, yeah, these people are ridiculous. We're going to make fun of them. Um, and actually, I don't know. Have you ever, have you ever seen the movie Tempopo, the Japanese movie? I don't think I have. I've heard I've, it's, it's definitely on my radar. I've, I've heard of it, but I, I don't think okay. I've actually seen it. If you like gender bending, it's really fun because it, I, I don't know, I wouldn't call it like a reference to this movie necessarily, but like it's like spiritually, I feel like I always think about it whenever I think about anything I want to make because it's like it's like a, a western. It's a it's like a movie that takes place in Japan. It's about food and like a ramen shop, and it's like these two truck drivers helping this woman um, sort of like revitalize her ramen shop. But it's also a Western. It's like shot in a Western style. And like there's like Western sh- uh, standoffs and like Western music. And like it's just like, like you kind of watch it and you're like, it's really funny. But you're like, what is this? And then there'll be like just random vignettes of like, like a woman like 
stealing or poking like peaches at a grocery store and then like running away with a smile like, <laughs> like, like i love i love shit like that where it's just like where it was just like scenes where you're like what is like what is this you know what is the name of this thing again tampopo okay t-a-m-p-o-p-o yeah okay uh i'm gonna track this thing down <laughs> um uh yeah definitely i can see it i can definitely see what you say by um you know humor over like kind of just obscure people and that are actually kind of doing really odd and almost bad things to each other i mean the i'm not gonna say what but like the married couple that basically has a fight and she goes off and does something completely fucking stupid or i don't yeah, I mean, yeah. Hey, but uh yeah everybody in there also felt like a um stereotype of like it just felt like millennial culture i feel like you just really <laughs> captured millennial culture so well in this that's not a question but if you want to elaborate on it did you like just kind of yeah. study this kind of the yoga care the, the, the girl who's like uh, travels and uh, does yoga kind of stuck out a lot to me but uh yeah i mean i i mean i am a millennial uh i've lived in um you know large cities uh most of my life uh the sort of like you know the term like coastal elite or whatever gets like thrown around and like i think a lot of these characters are just uh sort of emblematic of the people that you meet living in like a New York or an LA or uh, Chicago or really any, like, you know, any, any sort of like liberal city. Um, and the sort of like, it's not that I hate these. I mean, like, you know, it's pretty much our, my people and I am one of them in a lot of ways, but like, there are just a lot of like ridiculous quirks in that culture. Um, I know when I was writing it, like a huge thing was like, um, you know, Instagramming your food and like uh, being a foodie. And that's like kind of where the whole idea for the meal like kind of kind of stems from. And, like these obsessions with these like status symbols that um, I feel like are really ridiculous. Like the, the character Paul who comes in uh, at one point, I guess I'll spoil it, whatever, uh, a little bit. He, you know, he's like a working class guy. And I think his like, he shows up there because he's like, like what is going on in these like I don't know middle to upper middle class houses or whatever you know like what are these people doing and he's just sort of like sort of curious about it and they're just sort of like like very uneasy about this guy you know like they can sort of they're like something about him that I really don't like and I don't know what it is it's like but nobody wants to say it's like oh well, you know he's he didn't go to college basically <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> like oh that's what it is he's a a lower class than we are uh you know anyway uh one of my favorite and this was um i don't know if this i don't know what this says about me as a viewer but um uh the the one of the 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 husband the guy who's hosting it who's supposed to be cooking Mm -hmm. and for 20 to 20 20, 25 minutes or so until I think we hit that pivotal point when they're all sitting at the dinner table and they don't have food. And he's just like at the edge with his, I think he's got like a, you know, a knife or whatever. And he, um, and they're all just kind of having that moment where they're talking about themselves to themselves or something. I thought, which I thought was like a really cool kind of trippy 
existential moment in the movie. But I realized right then and there, holy fuck, he's not cooking anything. Like, <laughs> yeah. like this guy has been bragging. And I don't know. That's I don't know if that's a spoiler, but um, this guy's been bragging about the meal for like ever and. I just, I mean, this is just kudos to you for like, this is just great direction of carrying the story, I guess. Cause I just was like, I didn't even, didn't even phase me. And I was like, wait a minute, what the fuck is going to happen? He's not even cooking anything. What's going to happen to these people? Um, but to kind of lead into off of that, into a question here, uh, break down like the, these as quick as you can, you don't have to stretch it out too much, but like the casting of, of these roles and even kind of how you maybe thought of these characters. Um, yes. Yeah, so I, I thought, I mean, they're all like based on, uh, I don't know, pieces of like people I've known or have observed online or in my life. Um, they all have a little, little bit of me in them. Um, in terms of casting, I think it was just, uh, I mean, we, we used a casting director for most of the roles, except for Irene, the sort of co-lead, female co-lead. Um, she was a friend from Chicago theater. And uh, we flew her out from LA. We, we filmed this in Chicago. And, um, but everyone else was, came through the casting director. Mike, the guy who plays the, the male co-lead, Dave, uh, was hosting a dinner party. He, he's a guy I'd actually done improv with for like years in Chicago. And he was great never considered him and then like i like he just didn't come to mind and then the, he came in for the for the audition to the casting director and i was like oh dude i was like mike yeah of course like <laughs> it's like perfect he's like funny but also you know he he looks like he you know could murder your family you know <laughs> <laughs> if he wanted to <laughs> yeah like uh I just have to ask bluntly, like, was there a dinner party that you went to that inspired this at all? Um, no, it's not like um, I've you accumulated over time. Yeah, I've never been to a dinner party that was like where I feared for my life. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the worst dinner party, I, although I have been to dinner parties where like where people. Um, you know, come play sort of like less heightened versions of this game of like impressing you with what they do or what they know about. And I mean, like you were talking about uh, earlier, like, and, you know, you're just kind of sitting there like, ah, like, so, you know, sometimes like they'll be going on about something you know more about, or like, you can just tell like, they're like faking um, their expertise in something. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I honestly, I think living in America sometimes is like, feels like being in this movie where it's like you have people that like seemingly know what they're doing seemingly are telling you that they're gonna like cook this amazing meal and then it's like you realize like oh they like they actually don't know what they're doing they just went to like harvard or something like that um and then (laughs) nobody knows what they're doing anymore because everything's been exposed the past year and a half we're all yeah exactly (laughs) it used to be able to like believe them and then now you're just like like oh okay yeah there really is like there really is nothing in the oven here everybody's Um, pretty much on the same level we just some people try to pretend more which now that you've mentioned that i think that really justifies how i was feeling about the movie i was like everybody's just kind of a mess uh um there there is one scene 
and I feel like we might walk the fine line with spoiler territory. Mm -hmm. So just give me whatever you can, if you can, mm -hmm. but the, I was just trying to make sense of it. And maybe I was just thinking too deep into it. Cause mm -hmm. I felt like you caught me at the right, your film caught me at the right time. I, I don't know why I just was, I've been a deep thinker. I'm about to, I've been saying this on the show a lot, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on the verge of becoming a parent soon. So Congrats. I don't know. Thank you. <laughs> but like, I'm, I'm uh, having like deep thoughts about shit, about life and, uh -huh. you know, but like, uh, I don't know. There, there was one scene where it's the, like a delivery driver on like a bike is just in the road uh, mm -hmm. dead. I'll say that, but mm -hmm. like, what were you trying to convey there? If you can tell me, because I, I mean that, like, I'm, I'm interested. Like, I, uh -huh. I, um, I, I, I just felt like there was like some sort of artistic message there. If yeah. Not, that's so <laughs> it's actually, it's no, it's, um, I, I think if you go back, now that you have to watch it over, but if you go back and watch it, it's like the, um, Irene, the the, the wife is. Whenever she, when she's like placing phone calls, she's like calling for delivery basically. Cause she's like realizing like, okay, there's something wrong here. My husband is like not actually cooking anything. Yeah. So she like calls the delivery driver and then he comes, but he gets hit by a car basically um, and dies on his way. And that sort of like is a turning point where like, it's like she's like trying to save the guests and save the party in this sort of roundabout way, but it's not enough. And then, you know, once that happens, she sort of makes like the tragic choice of like not like like at any point in this like night, somebody could like speak up and be like and sort of like put an end to it. And I think she really carries the burden there because like she like she knows who her husband is and like what he's capable of. And but like at every point she's like, ah oh, well maybe like it'll just get a little bit better or something like that. Um so yeah, I mean it's basically the, the delivery driver that dies. Cause I I remember they're out there on the lawn and they're just watching this dead body. <laughs> and I then like yeah. I think you cut back to it at some point. And I was just like, is he trying mm -hmm. to is there something trying to be conveyed to me right here? Cause I don't know. I just kind of I felt some sort of weird, I don't know. I probably sound just weird now. But yeah. <laughs> Well, I think if you, I mean, I don't want to like over explain it, but like, I think if, yeah. you, if you think about like food as a metaphor and like how he sort of plays into that, I think that's okay. sort of how it's working. Well, this, so again, just to wrap it up, this film was just a lot of fun. A lot of, uh, I don't know. I hadn't seen anything like it in a while. And I think I needed to see a movie like this. So you did a good job. Let me just compliment you here. Thank on you. Here. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I believe this did. I don't know if it premiered, but it did play. Didn't it play CineQuest? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it premiered at CineQuest in 2020, right before awesome. the pandemic. Right before the pandemic. Like two days. We actually, after the day after our screening, they shut down the festival. So. Holy shit. Way to sneak in there. <laughs> um, and I'm just kind of asking this because I actually interview a lot of, I should, you know, maybe get them to send me a t-shirt or something. But like I interview a lot of people who get their films released through uh, Gravitas Ventures. Like, yeah. If you had any kind of talk about like if you have anything to talk about, but like your relationship with them and what they've done for the film. Yeah, uh, they, they've been great to work with. They, we started um, 
working with a sales agent last year in 2021 and they were the sort of main uh the, the domestic the north american distributor that was like the most interested in it mm-hmm. um so we sort of um worked on the international for a while and came back to them and um yeah i mean I, they've, they've been a great partner i mean i think you know for a small movie like this just being able to get on major platforms uh without paying up front you know <laughs> like getting paid actually uh is incredible uh, versus like you know having to self distribute or something like that, so they have a lot of reach and and, and it's been uh, it's been really great working with them. It's only I mean it's only been out for a month, so like we haven't we haven't made any money yet. Uh, I haven't got any checks yet, but it's it's been good working with them. All right, um, and where can we if we want to uh, see the film? Yeah, so it's streaming right now in a bunch of places, including Apple and iTunes, uh, Amazon. Uh, YouTube, Google Play, PlayStation. Uh, but if you want to just find links to all those, you can go to unexquisitemeal.com and all the links are there. Um, but, you know, if you search for new Roku or Amazon or YouTube or whatever, uh, you should be able to find it. Cool. Real quick, uh, just if anything you can or can't tell me what's happened. I don't know. I know people sign NDAs mm-hmm. and whatnot. And then right after this episode drops, you know, something drops for them also that happened to me one time uh what's uh, next for what's next for you <laughs> uh i don't have anything under nda right now uh i'm i'm like working on a bunch of stuff i'm developing three or four projects sort of separately with various people and different timelines um so nothing concrete yet that i, that I can really announce or pitch but um definitely hoping to uh you know get going on another movie at some point like this year nice man good luck with that and where can we if we want to stalk you on the internet where can we find you um best way you can google me robert bruce carter uh, i have a website with links to my instagram and uh twitter on there and uh, all that good stuff that's probably the best way i still have a newsletter if you want to just follow updates on this film or future films uh, it's probably the best way to follow. All right, man. Cool. Um, well, once again, I love the film. Thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, go check it out. If you haven't seen it where everywhere, he just told you to go check it out. It is, it's a lot. It's, it's just, it's exactly what everything we've talked about here today on the show. So, um, and before you do that, uh, leave a rating and review on this podcast. So it doesn't go into the abyss, you know, the routine, Take care. See you next week.